Well, it's not just camp season. It's also recruiting season, not just for the LSU Tigers, but across college football. And I've got some good news about LSU for both of them. You are Locked On LSU, your daily podcast on the LSU Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Well, thank you for making Locked on LSU your first listen every single day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Plus, we're also on YouTube as well, so you can check us out there. Like, comment, subscribe, rate, review on your preferred podcast platform, wherever you listen, however you listen, and however you choose to interact with the podcast. Just appreciate you for making Locked on LSU your first listen every single day. My name is Caroline Fenton, and I am your host, as I am every day. You can follow me on Twitter at CarolineFenton1. And today's edition of Locked on LSU is brought to you by Bird Dogs. Go to birddogs.com slash locked on college or enter promo code locked on college for a free white tech hat with any purchase. You do not want to take your bird dogs off. We promise you. So let's get into it. Got some good news, both on the camp front and on the recruiting front. So let's start with the latter. Let's get into the latest good news for LSU. On the recruiting front, as of today, Thursday, August 10th, four-star running back Caden Durham has committed to LSU. He's a four-star, 5'9", 195-pound running back out of Duncanville, Texas. Number nine running back in the 2024 class, the number 18 uh, overall player out of the state of Texas in the 2024 class. He chose LSU over Texas A&M, over Oklahoma, over Alabama. He's a kid who's been very heavily recruited. Um, So good news for LSU there, considering they didn't have a running back committed so far, or yet, I should say, um, in the 2024 class. So you're losing a good bit of running back depth in the um, after this season. I mean, Armani Goodwin is likely on the way out. Noah Kane can be on the way out. John Emery is on his way out. So you're going to be replacing not just depth, but also just bodies. And you're going to need to continuously replenish that running back position. I don't know what the plan is going to be because this season, it seems like it's going to be a running back by committee kind of running back style. Because that just fits the, the personnel. It's because LSU just has so much depth in the running back room. In 2024, so far, you don't have that as much. Logan Diggs will have another year for eligibility in 2024. Does he choose to exercise that? I don't know. Um, but, of course, you've got Trey Holly, who's a true freshman this season, coming in in the 2023 class. So you have bodies. You're just losing a whole lot of your depth after this season. So adding Caden Durham is uh is is a, is a very positive thing cuz not only are you getting a good player and you're getting a good player out of your footprint you're also going to be replenishing a position that's losing depth in 2024 the other side of things so you you gain a recruit and you miss out on a recruit because one player that we have talked a whole lot about on our podcast with Brian Smith our locked on official recruiting insider um Colin Simmons he is a five-star edge rusher out of the state of Texas, a top-five player in the 2024 class, the top edge rusher in this class. It came down to Texas and Miami, uh, excuse me, Texas and LSU. Really, at like this point, last week even. So things 
change quickly in this industry. Um, it was 50-50, Texas and LSU. Miami entered the fold as well. Um, but then Texas just kind of continued to gain, gain even more and more ground. It was also reported on 24-7 Sports that his mom loved Texas. So once you get the moms involved, once you get the families involved, it uh, becomes an even more difficult sell. Um, so Colin Simmons announced his commitment today. He is headed to Texas. Um, tough to miss out on a player like that. You're not going to win them all. Um, LSU right now, the 2024 class is shaping up to look really solid. Um, of course you want to pick up as many of the top players in the country as you can, but where it stands in 2024, LSU has the seventh overall ranked class in college football. It's a top 10 class, but of course you're behind Georgia. You're behind Alabama. You're up there with A&M and Florida and Tennessee. So you're happy about a top 10 class, but also who you're competing against for these players and it, it are teams in your own conference. And also the teams that are recruiting also at a very high level are teams that you're also going to be playing. So it's really, it gets down to the point of if you don't get them, you play them. And that's just a tough reality of college football and a tough reality of being in the single most competitive division and the most competitive conference in all of college football. But exciting news on the running back front. Um, you know, wish nothing but the best for Colin Simmons moving forward. Wishing nothing but the best at Texas. And great news for Caden Durham picking up the first running back in this 2024 class. Also, Doing a little bit of research on uh, Caden Durham. If you're not, you know, if you're a little bit bummed about Colin Simmons, I get it. He's a great player, a generational player that every program in America wanted to get. Caden Durham, in one high school game this past season, this is one game, one single game, 309 yards on 19 carries. Think about that. 309 yards on 19 carries and five touchdowns in a single game. It's an average of 16 yards per carry. That's insane. And I know doing it at the high school level is a whole lot different than doing it at the college level when you're going up against SEC defenses, when you're going up against some of the best defenses in the country. But still, 309 yards, 19 carries, five touchdowns in the game last season. I'm excited about it. It's a good player at a position of need. Coming up next... Some camp breakdown, LSU back out on the practice field today. We heard from offensive coordinator Mike Denbrock what he had to say about this offense. And one position group that I think the evolution of it just over the past few days and weeks is a, is a testament to why I established our golden rule. We don't get too low and we don't get too high. And I will get into that coming up next. But before we do that, I want to tell you about FanDuel. I absolutely love the FanDuel Sportsbook app. And football season is about to kick off. Finally, I'm ready for it. You're ready for it. We're all ready for it. Just give me football and football and excuse me, FanDuel is giving you the chance to win all season long. Because right now, when you bet on a Super Bowl winner, you can get bonus bets every time they win in the regular season. So just pick any team to win the Super Bowl. Say you're a Saints fan, who dat? Put some money on the Saints to win the Super Bowl, and you'll get bonus bets for every 
game that the Saints win. And you can use those bonus bets all throughout the rest of the season. You can use them on spreads, on player props, on over-unders, and so much more. FanDuel has so much to offer. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and start earning bonus bets with America's number one sports book. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. Well, thanks again for making Locked in LSU your first listen every single day. Every day is coming up tomorrow on the podcast. We'll continue with our camp coverage, some of the takeaways, some of the uh, the exciting things that are going down on the practice field. But camp today on Thursday. Apparently, from and, and also, let me say this. I always like to remind people I don't live in Baton Rouge. I live in Nashville. I'm not able to make it out for, for practice. So I rely very heavily on all of the great reporting for the very hardworking individuals that do cover the team. Whether that's Wilson Alexander at The Advocate, whether that's Zach Nagy of SI.com, whether that's Dylan Sanders, friend of the podcast of Go 24-7, uh, whether that's Glenn West or whether that's you know Matt Moscona, T-Bob, Jacob Hester, any of the wonderful people that cover the team with their boots on the ground in Baton Rouge. I appreciate all of their coverage. I read up on all of the coverage, and I I promised you that I'm not going to just simply regurgitate the information that is being reported by those individual uh, reporters. I will ingest as much content as I can get, and I will give you my takes on them, my individual takes that you are not going to find anywhere else. That's what I promise to offer all of you. But today, based off of all of my research and my my notes that I have taken from those wonderful reporters who have uh, worked very digital, diligently all throughout training camp, and I know we'll continue to do so, is today the defense kicks some butt. And the defense as a whole, I mean, we expect good things from the front seven, from those linebackers, from a Harold Perkins, from an Omar Spates who continues to kick butt in camp, um, from Mason Smith. We expect good things from that front seven. One area of concern so far, you know, up until now in camp, and really, I guess it still is an area of concern, it has been the secondary. I mean, this is the second year in a row that Matt House, Brian Kelly, and this entire recruiting staff has had to go to the transfer portal to basically entirely rebuild the entire secondary. So you're picking up pieces from all across college football, whether it be Isaiah Alexander from Southeastern or a Deuce Chestnut from Syracuse, a Denver Harris from Texas A&M. It's not easy to just pick up all of those pieces that have college football experience in different defensive systems and bring them together and make all of these different puzzle pieces fit in a completely different picture. So any concerns about the secondary are, are fair, honestly. And there were also a whole lot more concerns about the secondary following the first couple of days of practice where in one-on-ones, you know, weren't wearing pads. The secondary was frankly getting cooked. But Brian Kelly reminded all of us that it's it's just one day and that there are so many other factors that play in to where they were at that time. This was Brian Kelly. This was last week after one of the first few days of camp. Coach, during the one-on-one drills on the indoor, it looked like the receivers are really getting the better of the secondary, I guess. Just what do you see as far as that battle? Is that that typical for one-on-one drills? Well, there's no pass rush. And really, it's a really um, good takeoff question for us to really – kind of when when we observe these drills, you know, we talk to the defensive backs about the deficit that they have in this particular drill so they don't get frustrated. Um, 
because there is no pass rush. There is no clock, right? Um, they're playing man-to-man -man on a field that's 53 and a third by 120, right? They have the whole field, and the receiver can do whatever he wants out there. So it's so important that they understand that the drill is really about their technique. It's not about a winner or a loser in that drill. Um, so it's, it's so important that technique is at the front of their mindset when they go into that drill. So we're really looking at that more than anything else. And the first couple of drill um, reps, we had safeties that had their eyes on the quarterback. You certainly can't do that in a one-on-one -on -one drill. It becomes a man-to-man -man drill. And so you're teaching that along the way. So the observations are right, but in the way you have to look at it is it is a slanted drill for the offense, and it's really built on the technique for the defense. So, oh, how the tables have turned that we have gone from what Brian Kelly had to say about that a couple weeks ago at the beginning of camp when we were concerned about the secondary, when the, honestly the DBs were just getting cooked by the receivers. How the tables have turned from then until now, this evaluation of the corners. The cornerback position uh, with guys like Ashton Stamps, LaTerrence Welsh, getting reps, uh, Deuce Chestnut. Just what have you seen from all of them as you continue to evaluate? Yeah, I think I see what you guys see. I mean, I, I think that, um, you know, Deuce is a guy that's got a lot of football, uh, you know, power five football. Um, he's played a lot of winning football. He's competitive, smart. Um, and so you're getting – you know, you're getting a veteran player there. Um, you know, obviously, you know, he had the, the surgery, so we didn't see a lot of him in the spring. But, you know, the things that really stood out for us in our evaluation was that he was a, a smart player, savvy, short tackler, and was always around the ball. And, and that's starting to kind of show itself here in, early on in camp. And, again, we're, we're five days in, so I'm not ready to – you know, make any kind of bold statements, but he's making progress. LT is, you know, I think he's built on, you know, his his spring performance. His spring game was outstanding. He's had a, a great um, summer, and um, he continues to, to get better each and every day. Ashton's a true freshman who put on, you know, a lot of weight. Uh, I think many of you remember us recruiting him. He was a bit, um, I would say, underweight at, at, at the position for us and, and you know, we were um, excited about his competitiveness and his athleticism, but we challenged him to get after it in the weight room and he certainly did in the off season and then this summer and he looks the part. Um, he's doing a really good job as a true freshman. So we've gone from, hey, promise me or believe me rather. Believe me, they're going to look better. Trust me, these are just drills that are better for the offense. We're just working on technique for the defense. To raving about three individual corners, one being Deuce Chestnut. Now, Deuce Chestnut, I feel like, kind of was an underrated pickup in the transfer portal because I know, I know that you don't necessarily think about Syracuse being DBU. You don't necessarily think about Syracuse being the kind of school that pumps out any sort of super elite talent, much less elite talent at the cornerback position. But what this 
this cornerback room needed was really experience in veteran players. And Deuce Chestnut has two full 12 game seasons under his belt. I mean, he started every single game as a freshman at Syracuse and then again in his sophomore year. So Deuce, Ch- and he was all ACC in those years. I mean, Deuce Chestnut is a good player who brings experience and expertise into a rather young and inexperienced cornerback room. He also mentioned, he, Brian Kelly mentions LT, he means LaTerrence Welch, who is the only returning scholarship player from last year's team to this year's team at the cornerback position. Had a great spring game, saw some action last year in his true freshman season, but again, as a true freshman, didn't really see the field a ton. Um, but I'm sure is poised and ready to have a breakout year this year. And when I say breakout, I don't mean he necessarily needs to be an All-American, but is ready to prove himself, ready to say to show this coaching staff like, hey, I can be a go-to guy at this position. And then finally, Ashton Stamps, true freshman in the 2023 class, a three-star corner out of New Orleans, played at Rumble in high school. Um, so really encouraging and exciting to hear praise for three guys that honestly I, I didn't expect to get this kind of love at this point in camp. Now, that doesn't mean that all three of them are going to be, you know, certified starters and all Americans at the position, but it's just nice to hear good things about players that you didn't expect to really break out at this point in camp. So, Good day defensively. Secondary was kicking some butt. And I think that means even more considering who they were going up against. And that's what we'll get into coming up next. First, I want to tell you about bird dogs. Bird dogs, they make you look good. Bird dogs, they make you feel good because they're made of like a stretch khaki short material that are designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and leg, giving you a truly sculpted and snatched look. Like bird dog shorts do the same thing as maybe like a Lululemon kind of short, but they fit way better. They fit way better than regular shorts that are made of that stiff, restricting cotton that you probably sit down and they ride up and they're super uncomfortable. They fixed this issue, bird dogs did, by inventing cloud knit fabric that looks just like khaki, but they stretch. So it gives you a way slimmer fit without having to sacrifice movement. So it really gives you the best of both worlds. They look nice. They look like a nice khaki short or pant, but you don't have to sacrifice comfort. Plus... Bird dogs use an anti-stink sweat wicking fabric that keeps you cool and dry all day long. It's about 90 degrees where I live right now. It is hot. I've been out and about at the Titans training camp. I've been out, I was just moving the uh, a couple of weeks ago. So I'm moving around. We're outside. You're probably moving around a ton too. Maybe going to the lake for Labor Day. Outside hanging out with friends. You don't want to get that embarrassing like like butt sweat mark. Bird Dogs has got you covered. Um, I think one thing that I like about Bird Dogs so much is they're so incredibly comfortable. They can be that kind of short that you can wear out and about, running errands, grabbing groceries, maybe going golfing, maybe even going to work. But I mean, I just wear mine sitting on the couch and hanging out and, you know, just chilling. So they will keep you covered for any sort of activity. So go to birddogs.com slash locked on college, or you can enter the promo code locked on college, all one word for a free white tech hat with your order. That's birddogs.com slash locked on college or promo code locked on college for a free white tech hat. 
you won't want to take your bird dogs off. We promise you. Well, thanks again for making Locked in LSU your first listen every single day. So I mentioned how good the secondary looked today, how Brian Kelly had praise for Deuce Chestnut, LaTerrence Welch coming into his second year in the program, Ashton Stamps, a true freshman in the 2023 class. And what makes it even more encouraging and impressive that the secondary had such a good day is who they're going up against. I always say, in, in camp, it, it can be kind of tough to do these evaluations because, like, let's say, hypothetically speaking, Jaden Daniels targets Malik Neighbors, Deuce Chestnuts covering Malik Neighbors, and Malik Neighbors totally just jukes and smokes Deuce Chestnut. Well, was that because it was a good play by Malik Neighbors? Or was it just bad defense? Like, was that a really good play by Malik Neighbors that makes you feel good about the defense, maybe a little bit concerned about the, the, excuse me, about the offense, makes you feel a little bit bad about the defense, or was it just such a bad play by the defense that anyone that I could have cooked Deuce Chestnut? It's sometimes hard to evaluate. That's why it's really nice to speak to coaches after practice is you can kind of dissect those sort of things. Like, okay, maybe an interception in practice, so to speak. Like, was that just a bad read by the quarterback? Was that a bad throw by the quarterback? Or was that just a really good defensive play? So... I think it's it's encouraging about the defense knowing how good the offense is and knowing who some of these DBs were going up against. DBs had a good day today, good day for the secondary. It was also a really good day for Malik Neighbors. Everything that I've gathered from Malik Neighbors today, I was reading Zach Nike's breakdown on SI.com. He called it a masterclass from Malik Neighbors today. I mean, just hear it from Mike Denbrock yourself. There's a guy that, uh, you know, Malik, I have a lot of respect for on a number of different levels, but mostly because he, he comes to better his craft every single day. There's not a time where he doesn't have his complete attention on getting better at what he does on the practice field. And, you know, people like that, you just naturally kind of, you know, move towards. I mean, he, he is... Uh, he is somebody that is a good example for especially the younger players in our program um, to watch, to emulate on how to show up every day, how to, how to put yourself in a position where you can improve at the skills necessary and uh, uh, really look forward to uh, continuing to develop Malik uh, as Malik develops Malik because that's his mindset and, uh, and helping those other guys come along as well. A couple of things there. I think it's there's so much of Malik Neighbors' success, his individual success, that the team's success relies on. I mean, this passing game, if, if LSU wants to realize what our expectations and what national expectations are for this team, the passing game is going to have to evolve, which means Jaden Daniels is going to have to evolve and take steps forward. It means that the offensive line is going to have to evolve and take steps forward. It also means... That, this, that the pass catchers, the pass catching core is going to have to take, to take steps forward. And that really lies a lot in Malik Neighbors. And yeah, you want to see more from Brian Thomas. You want to see more from Kyron Lacey. You want to see Lynn and Ibietta stay healthy and be able to contribute to this offense. The tight ends are part of this as well. You want to see Mason Taylor take that next step forward. And what I've heard from today 
is that Mason Taylor, uh, his blocking ability has really started to to move forward. So that's great. We know that he can catch passes, but that's half of his job as a tight end. You got to block. Um, so that's encouraging to hear. But this, this entire pass-catching core is going to have to evolve with Jaden Daniels and with this offensive line. And it sounds like Malik Neighbors is picking up where he left off this past season. And, I mean, Malik Neighbors really came onto the scene. I'll be guilty of it. Like, I didn't expect Malik Neighbors to be what he was this past season. I was looking at Kayshawn Booty. It was the Kayshawn Booty st- story this, in, this time last year. Malik Neighbors comes onto the scene, and it was a, such a pleasant surprise, I'm sure, for the LSU football team as a whole and really all of us as fans. So that's what he's going to have to continue to do is build on what he did last year. The second thing is being a positive influence and leader in that wide receiver room. I mean, you got some young guys in that room. You've got Shelton Sampson, who was a a huge pickup in the 2023 class. You've got and the rest of the uh, and the rest of the 2023 class. You've got Jalen Brown out of Miami, another four-star receiver. I mean, you've got young guys that I expect to be big parts of this offense, if not this year, then next year and, and in the future. Having a veteran in the room to learn from and to kind of you know learn from osmosis just by watching him, his work ethic, the way that he shows up every day, the way that he runs onto the field, the way that he's able to brush off a bad play and turn around to make a good play. I think that's really important. So Malik Neighbors and his contribution on the field and his contribution to this, this receiver room on and off the field, it's really encouraging and exciting to hear that and to see that from Malik Neighbors himself and really encouraging to see a Malik Neighbors that has looked so good so far in camp and looked so good today going up against a secondary that also it stood out today as well. I will remind everyone of the golden rule. We don't get too high or too low on one single day of practice, but we'll pick up on trends as we start to stack practices on top of practices on top of practices. And that's one trend as we stack practice on top top of practice on top of practice is Malik Neighbors has been consistently good so far in camp. Malik Neighbors has been consistently one of Jaden Daniels' favorite targets throughout camp. And I think we're going to start to see a whole lot more of that connection that we got used to last year, that Daniels to neighbors connection that was so lethal for this offense. We're going to see it even more this season. That's going to do it for me today. Thank you for making Lock and LSU your first listen every single day. Every day is coming up tomorrow on the podcast. More camp breakdowns on Locked and LSU.